This podcast is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control, and that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you. This is a Baby Brunch Podcast. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Nourish and hydrate your little one's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior, a range of gentle all-purpose emollients moisturizers that can be used as a soap substitute. New Epimax Baby Bum Barrier Cream protects, conditions and restores sensitive skin. Welcome to another Baby Brunch podcast. Maya, can we lose weight after our babies? Definitely, definitely. Should we be concerned if we have cravings? No, not at all. This is a podcast about cravings and our diets. Food cravings are very common. They're very difficult to ignore and typically manifest through an intense urge or desire to eat a specific food again and again. Today, we're focusing on food cravings and also the several factors around it. We're very lucky to have our expert today. Maya is a registered dietitian. She's a nature lover. She's a world traveler, and she's done extensive research throughout the country after she graduated from Stellenbosch University. What is a craving? Let's start with that. I mean, can one explain it? If you crave things, what is a craving? So a t- craving is, as you said, it's an intense desire to eat a particular type of food and over and over and over again. <laughs> so it's it's sort of linked to hunger, but um, cravings are satisfied by the consumption of a particular food, whereas hunger is satisfied by the consumption of any food. So food cravings is multidimensional. So it does play a role with hunger and satiety. Um, so it, it's sort of hormonally controlled. Um, and then there's a cognitive element about it. So thinking about food and then obviously an emotional element. Um, yeah. So the desire to eat or m- your mood. I have lots of clients who tell me they're emotional eaters. Um, and then another one is behavior. So your routine, for instance, um, Cravings can be linked to a certain stimulus or a cue, like, I don't know if you have, have this craving, but I do. Right after dinner, I want something sweet. And mm. it's not because I'm hungry. I just had food. But it's that behavior and the environment or walking past a certain place, uh, like on your way to work, walking past a certain coffee shop and always just getting or the same smile. thing. Yeah, a smell or even boredom. So it, it's multidimensional, a bit right. of hunger, a bit of behavior. Yeah. Is it the same as an addiction? Can you say it's an addiction? No, not really. Uh, not really, but they are related, but they're differently defined. So a craving is a desire or like an impulse of thought from your subconscious, whereas an addiction is a, a condition um, right. manifested by behaviors um, despite bad consequences so a craving can lead to an addiction but it's not necessarily an addiction it's something you can unlearn now that's good news so why do pregnant women crave so many things I mean (laughs) we we did this topic on one of my radio shows it was everything from chalk 
to yeah. licking licking tires, like licking the rubber off tires. Licking, yes. licking tar. Licking tar was yeah. a big one. Um, yeah. Mine was a little bit more common, like peaches and, and wanting the salt and vinegar, but particularly mm-hmm. salt because of my low blood pressure, you know. But why do pregnant women crave so much? This podcast is supported by Water Wipes. Water Wipes provide safe cleaning for the most delicate newborn skin. They are dermologically tested and fragrance-free to help reduce the risk of drying out delicate baby skin. Water wipes are made using two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of grapefruit seed extract, making them the purest baby wipes in the world. So the most common cravings are um, sweet things, fruit, and then dairy. And then those are just the normal food cravings. And then you get weird cravings we call this um it's called pika you can google it if you're interested it's very very interesting um and that's cravings for non-food items like you say like chalk or um i once uh, had a client who ate soil she literally made her husband stop the car when they saw red soil she was craving red soil and it was so interesting because she had, it was actually post-pregnancy and she had lost lots of bl- blood um, during the pregnancy. It was a traumatic um, birth. Um, and then she was craving these weird things. And a lot of the times that picker where you crave weird things, there's not a lot of research, but some research shows that women who are iron deficient um, do crave these strange things. But the normal foods like you craving the slut chips or fruits or chocolates, things like that, it doesn't have much to do with um, things that your body needs. I know a lot of women say they think their body needs calcium or whatever, so they <laughs> crave certain foods like chocolates because, you know, there's milk in there so you can have some calcium. Um, but the research actually shows that um, it, it's not linked to any deficiencies. Um, oh it has more, I know, I know. <laughs> But there there is a reason for it physiologically. Right. Um, So when you are pregnant, um, your body needs a lot more energy. Mm -hmm. So you have this like energy balance. It's the same with doing exercise. Um, You are using more energy when you exercise. Same with pregnancy. It uses a lot more energy in your body. So technically you do need to, you know, um, get that balance back, which will your body will make you hungry so that you Mm -hmm. can balance your energy. So it has more to do with, um, being in an energy deficit, if I can sort of put it like that, or using more energy. So you are going to be more hungry during pregnancy. That's completely normal. Doesn't mean you can eat whatever you want or eat for <laughs> two. It's a very small deficit. Mm. Um, but the the hunger actually has a lot more to do with, with the cravings. Why do certain, I, I, I've heard of people, the partner craves with the pregnant mom. Yeah. So why is that so it's this phenomenon called sympathetic pregnancy and so it's not just craving some men actually get nausea um and weight gain and then obviously the cravings and things as well there's not a lot of research around it um but it's definitely a phenomenon it happens um but a lot of times with the cravings um if let's say you're craving donuts when you're pregnant you're going to speak about donuts a lot and there might be more donuts at home so then your husband it's again that sort of it creates a stimulus for a craving in your husband right um, or your partner so they also 
you know, crave those types of foods that you bring home or talk about all the time. Um, same with the weight gain. Uh, if you are eating more food, they may, you might make more food. So your husband eats more food as well. Mm. Yeah. What's the myths around pregnancy? We, we had an allergy specialist on, on the show not too long ago, and we talked about uh, pregnancy and, and peanuts, for instance. We, we talked mm-hmm. about how peanuts could be a killer in schools. And uh, since then, I haven't actually bought it. You know, I'm talking six months ago. What are some of the myths around pregnancy? I mean, can we eat sushi? Yes or no? Sushi, it's a, I, I would say it's a no, but it's, it's not the actual sushi. So the, with the sushi and then things like a fish and then cheese, people are always scared of fish and cheese. Right. And it's peanuts. Linked. I mean, peanuts. And, yeah. Yeah. And then also um, things like coffee, those kinds of things. But the fish and the cheese thing, it's linked to listeria. I know you had that whole listeria, this poloni mm. show. Mm. Um, so listeria. Is oh, gosh, I remember. Wait a minute. Before yeah. Corona, and there then, was listeria. Yeah, we forgot about the yeah, poloni yeah. pandemic. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, raw fish um unpasteurized dairy um and then undercooked meat contains right. can can contain listeria um which can lead to miscarriages so that's mm. why they say you know be careful of it actually is if you are buying it from a reputable source um or a good place that you know right. is very clean kitchen then it should not be a, a worry but i mean there's always that risk so and with the with the peanuts thing um there's no reason why you have to cut out peanuts or any allergens so things like the common allergens are like dairy uh, eggs peanuts uh, tree nuts wheat those kinds of things fish um there's no reason to cut them out for uh, because you think maybe your child is going to get an allergy it's actually really good to include those foods because they're very high in omegas um so definitely you can include peanuts and then another funny myth that we always hear um i think it's a south african thing is um a lot of people think orange food gives the baby jaundice i don't know if you've heard of that no i mean my baby had jaundice and i didn't have a lot of orange food but that's interesting yeah we hear it all the time um a lot of women don't want to eat oranges or guavas or like orange or red or purple because they think it'll carrots carrots it'll give the baby jaundice but but it doesn't but that's a big myth that we often hear first time i hear but you can eat carrots okay (laughs) definitely (laughs) and definitely gosh but see you know what this is it's because everyone wants to give advice while you're pregnant you'll be carrying Mm -hmm. your baby and then everyone's like but let me tell you what i think (laughs) you know and the, and the omar and the, everyone has <laughs> everyone's, to. everyone's in there i want to get to diet so let's let's mm-hmm. talk diet and breastfeeding mm-hmm. folic acid why do we need it and uh what was the other one vitamin a why do they want us to exclude it from our diet when we're pregnant mm. so with the folic acid Folic acid plays a really important role in dna synthesis and the baby's development so all pregnant women should be taking folic acid. Um, if you have a folic acid deficiency during pregnancy, um, you it'll reduce the fetus's growth and the baby can have neural tube defects. So a defect of the spine. So one of the conditions is called spina bifida. Um, and that happens very early on in the pregnancy. So right. you should actually be um, sam- supplementing folic acid during conception, before before wow. conception, actually, yeah, and so a lot of women begin it when they 
fall pregnant, but then it's already been about, you know, two months sometimes, but it should start before you fall right. pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Vitamin A plays an important role in pregnancy. Um, so it's not like you should be going, you know, cold turkey, um, but toxicity of vitamin A is quite dangerous. It can, the baby can have brain abnormalities, heart defects. Um, so it is, it is dangerous. Um, but a lot of the amount that you need to eat is or take in with supplements is quite high. So right. a prenatal vitamin, you shouldn't, mom shouldn't be worried about the vitamin A content of prenatal vitamins. Mm -hmm. Most of them are very low. And um, beta carotene is a form of vitamin A that is safe. The, the other forms like retinol and retinoic acid, those are the dangerous forms of right. vitamin A that can cause the, the dangerous toxicity. Um, so you don't have to worry about the prenatal vitamins, but it is good to know not to. A lot of women take so many supplements mm. when they fall pregnant and they don't know that it actually has a consequence. Talking about vitamins and consequence, I mean, vitamins and supplementation, is it necessary to, to go on a whole range of, I mean, I remember, you know, they ask you to change the, the things that you're on and they recommend a series of pregnancy vitamins at the time. Um, uh, also, do, do you continue with this while you're breastfeeding? Good question. Um, so as dietitians, we always advocate for food first. Uh, so first you try to, you know, optimize your diet. And then if you're struggling to, or if you still have deficiencies, then we'll talk about supplements. But pregnancy, in pregnancy, your vitamin and mineral uh, requirements are actually higher than when you're not pregnant. So there are some, some things that you definitely do need to take, like, for instance, iron and folic acid you need to take when you're pregnant. Right. Um, and a multivitamin, like a pregnancy vitamin won't do any harm. Um, but the most important ones for pregnancy is, is folic acid. Um, and then iron, really important. It's also something that you might need to take before you fall pregnant because mm. it's really difficult to correct iron deficiency in pregnancy while you're pregnant right. um and then some b vitamins like choline is also really important for fetal brain growth and development mm. and then vitamin d also so pregnancy multivite is is a good route but see your dietitian if you are concerned about um, any other deficiencies or for instance moms who are vegans or vegetarians um definitely need to see a dietitian just to see if their diet is inadequate or they might even need higher doses of for right. instance iron b12 things like that so with breastfeeding you don't actually need to continue with the supplements um, unless you your diet is inadequate um so breast milk is actually amazing it will first take all of the mother's stores deplete the mother's stores before the composition changes so you can get what you need from your diet um, to make sure that your breast milk um, composition is good. So I, I wouldn't continue with a supplement during breastfeeding if you're eating an adequate diet. Right. Then again, you can go and see a dietitian if you're not sure if your diet is adequate. I love what you're saying about that. Most of it actually starts with a family planning aspect. You know, we had a we had one of our experts, Dr. Telling, that put a, a big emphasis on, you know, planning the baby and how it's done. And it's, it's not like in the olden days where, you know, it, it, can, it can take in any shape and form. And it's very exciting, you know. So yeah. it's wonderful that you're also saying that 
don't just start your diet or want to exercise when you're pregnant. This should be something that you're doing anyway because you want to lead a healthy lifestyle and that eventually you want to be pregnant or have a baby. So it's really good advice. I'm really enjoying that. Can you consume alcohol? Big thing because uh, at the one event, you will see a lady drinking something and she'll say, it's only one glass of champagne. And at the other event, you'll see a lady and say, I have one glass every second day. And others will say, don't have it at all. What's the deal with alcohol and pregnancy? So alcohol is um, rapidly passed into the bloodstream and then it, it does get to the placenta. There's really good research on high intakes of alcohol. So if you have a high alcohol intake, it definitely affects um, the fetus um, in numerous ways. Um, but the research is relatively poor on low alcohol consumption. Right. Um, so there's no safe level that has been established. So just in general, we just tell mothers not to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. But just to give you an idea, um, the upper level, so the high levels of alcohol that can harm the baby is about four to five units at a sitting or 10 units a week. It sounds like a lot, but one unit is the same as 200 milliliters of beer or 80 milliliters of wine. Pour yourself a big glass of wine. That is about four or five units. Um, so that that is something that could harm the baby. Um, mm. So no safe level has been established uh, for any recommendations. So I would tell mothers not to. I mean, it's nine months. um, It's the most important time Mm -hmm. of a person's life. So much growth takes place um, in the womb. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just sort of leave it for nine months if it's possible. Yeah. It's okay to wait because it's a season. Yeah. Right? Like you're yeah. going to do other things. Exactly. Speaking of wine and things you drink, can you drink coffee? Coffee, you can. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the recommended amount is no more than four cups of coffee. That's uh, a lot. During, Not even I Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> but, but you have to also take into consideration you get caffeine and a lot of other things like drinks. Um, right. So sort of have to take that into consideration as well. But four cups, less than four cups is safe. One to two would be better, but no more than four. And then in in um, while breastfeeding, uh, no more than five cups. That's that's too much coffee. I know, I know. So speaking about breastfeeding, I, I have to ask you this. This is not a question that I asked you to prepare for today, but <laughs> what's, what is it when some moms will lose weight while they're breastfeeding and others won't. I mean, I remember how they told me how I'm going to lose all this weight. I stayed the same. Yeah. You know, I had to go and run. That's, that's how I started exercising and running marathon because I started (laughs) running. I just got up and went. Why, why do some moms lose weight and others don't? Well, so, so breastfeeding, um, it uses about 500 calories extra a day. So you impossible, about- Maya. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but remember that me- that means you're going to be much hungrier. So what a lot of moms oh. don't know is that <laughs> everyone thinks amazing. I'm going to breastfeed because I'm going to lose weight. But you're also going to be hungry all the time. So a lot of women end up just eating those 500 calories um, in food Oops. instead of that weight that they lost. <laughs> Okay, now I know the answer. <laughs> Thank you, Maya. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, it's it's not true. <laughs> it's not you. It's not you. It's just the other moms. <laughs> it's my appetite. <laughs> Can one eat 
anything specific. And I mean, this is a whole topic on its own. And maybe we should do one only a, a podcast only on boobs and how to create good milk for babies. But while mm-hmm. we're talking um, diet, is there anything specific that we should eat to help help build healthy and lacquer milk that comes easily? Is there anything? A breast milk composition is is linked to the maternal diet. Um, but as I said earlier, the your body will use all of the mother's stores to make adequate breast milk. It is important to have a balanced diet with um, enough fruits and vegetables to give you enough vitamins and minerals. Um, and then obviously all the other things like fats and proteins, making mm-hmm. sure that you're including that with every meal um, and then drinking enough water as well. During breastfeeding, you need to drink about two to three liters of water. It doesn't have a massive effect on the amounts of breast milk. That is very um, multifactorial uh, right. and it has more to do with frequency of breastfeeding how often you put the baby on the breast um but a balanced diet with enough micronutrients of vitamins minerals vegetables lots of fresh things enough water will definitely help with um to make sure that your baby is getting everything they need i don't know if this is part of a diet but what about smoking do you stop smoking what if maybe you want one a day i don't smoke i i don't know how to smoke uh, what would you what would you recommend um, to mommies who and daddies who feel like they still want to smoke while they're pregnant? I would say no. It's the same with with the with the alcohol thing. Um, there's no safe amount of smoking. One cigarette, I don't know, ten cigarettes is worse than one, but you know, one cigarette's not healthier. Mm. Um, so I would generally say no. I mean smoking can lead to growth restriction of the fetus miscarriage preterm birth birth defects um and there's actually new studies that show that um women who smoke during pregnancy have a their children have a um increased risk to be overweight in their life which Mm. is so interesting so you know it it does it is harmful to smoke during the pregnancy and i mean not not to mention all the other harmful effects that it has on your body in the long term the baby's born and everyone is really excited and you feel elated with the baby you've managed to get breastfeeding right okay we're in week two and you're starting to think how am i going to lose all this weight i've maybe met one person that didn't think about it (laughs) only one i mean I want to know the how, and I want to know your encouragement to moms who is wanting to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. So first of all, don't be too hard on yourself. Pregnancy is probably the most amazing thing that a body can do. Mm. Um, so just that in itself is amazing. And try not to be too hard on yourself. And weight gain is normal in pregnancy. You're not supposed to not gain weight. Um, so uh, help people with uh, or moms with a healthy weight to begin with should gain about 10 to 16 kilograms. Um, I think emotionally that's sort of like very uh, mm. stressful for certain moms to gain 10 to 16 kilograms. Um, and then moms who are overweight should gain about 6 to 11 kilograms during the right. pregnancy. So it is normal to gain weight. You do need to eat a bit more. You don't, you're not supposed to eat for two. That's really important. I think it would, it's important to, during the pregnancy, make sure that you are gaining the right amount of weight and, mm. and really start there. Um, for instance, like in the second trimester, 
you first trimester your calories should stay the same second trimester you can the pregnancy needs about 300 to 400 more calories and then in the third trimester 400 to about 500 which is not a lot it's not a lot it's not eating for two breakfast lunch and dinner um it's just maybe a few extra snacks during the day um so seeing a dietitian is also a really important thing during the pregnancy if you don't want to gain too much weight um but yeah i do think to see a dietitian afterwards is important i mean i say this to all of my clients weight loss is not it shouldn't be a quick fix it's a mm. long-term thing and unfortunately it's it it's not like you're going to lose 10ks in a month that's first of all unhealthy um and the chances that you're going to pick it up again is very high so it needs to be small sustainable lifestyle changes over a period of time, of time. and someone to keep you accountable mm. good advice because we i'm not blaming instagram just saying, because we see everyone's pictures, you know, after the baby pushing their yeah. strollers and the carts and buggies, yeah. and we're thinking yeah. that, yeah. yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. I get a lot of I get a lot of uh, questions around that and emails mm. and and mm. moms and dads needing support. I, yeah. I also want to say this to our guys. You know, if you're married to a guy or a woman, it doesn't matter. Your partner, be, it, in, encourage your partner that they look amazing. And that they've just done this. The most amazing thing. (laughs) I know, this heroic act. Because whether it is with cesarean or adoption or because that happens too, because it's a life-changing experience or whether you give natural birth, just encourage your partner that they're doing amazingly well. We need to hear that so much. We don't just want to hear it from our dietitian because it's her job. It's Maya's job to tell (laughs) us that we look amazing. (laughs) We need lots of support. We need support and encouragement. Speaking of Maya, Maya is from imaginediet.co.za. Maya, it has been an honor. Wanneer ek weer op die bos is, kom sê ek hallo, so dat ek self goeie gewoontes kan aanleer. Wonderful chatting to you. This podcast was supported by Waterwipes. Parents are increasingly looking for products with minimal ingredients. Even in wipes considered pure or natural, the average number of ingredients start at 7. Water wipes contain just two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of grapefruit seed extract. Baby's skin is so delicate, this clean and pure product will help protect their skin from the very first day of their lives. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores. This podcast is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. FedHealth's FlexiFed 2 and 3 options offer superb maternity and childhood benefits, including its free FedHealth baby program to see members through their pregnancy and parenting journeys. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control, and that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you.